Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. In today's episode, I'm talking to Terry Guyton, a former Marine Corps ammunition technician and now a successful Orion alum. Terry loved his time in the Marine Corps and knew it would be a challenge to find a career that made him feel as fulfilled as he did during his time in service. After months of applying to hundreds of jobs online, Orion helped Terry land a job as an operations supervisor with U.S. Tobacco. Now that Terry is on the other side of his job search, he has a lot of great advice to share with fellow veterans. He discusses the challenges he faced during the military to civilian career transition, what he enjoys about his career with U.S. Tobacco, and what he wishes he had known at the beginning of his job search. If you would like to share your own success story, or if you have a suggestion for a future show, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, Terry. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Megan. Good morning. Thank you again. I know we talked a little bit before this, but I want to share with our listeners how awesome it is that you're joining us on your day off today. So I really appreciate that. And um, I'm glad that you're, you know, so willing to share your story with me and with the listeners, especially on your day off work. Yeah, so I'm, I mean, I was really excited when you contacted me last week to come on the podcast and talk about my experiences. And I'm even happier to do it on my day off because I can do this with no ties, without worrying about getting back to work or anything, because this subject, you know, veterans transitioning out of the military into corporate America and the workforce is something that I'm pretty passionate about that was pretty difficult for me. And I, I learned a lot. So I am equally as excited to be here and to talk to you and have the opportunity to share my story. And hopefully some of my fellow veterans might learn something. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm excited to get more into your story and even talking about your current position. Um, but before we get into that, can you go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am a Marine Corps veteran. I served eight years active duty in the Marine Corps. I was that guy that always knew he was going to join the Marine Corps. I was like 15 years old. I had the posters in my room. I was chasing recruiters down. I swore in when I was 17 before I even started my senior year. And I graduated high school and was in boot camp like three weeks later. So I was really excited to be a Marine. And I loved my time in the Marine Corps. I was an ammunition technician, which that kind of sounds like somebody that's like, you know, working on bullets and ammunition. But what it really looked more like was either warehousing ammunition or logistics, overseeing ammunition being transported within DOD regulations or, you know, working at an ammunition supply point where you did warehousing. So I did a lot of logistics and supply chain while in the Marine Corps. And I decided at about six years that I wanted to try my luck on the outside and transition. And I did a lot to prepare for that. And when I did get out of the Marine Corps and move to where I am now in the Raleigh Triangle area, I was surprised at how difficult it was to find a job that was as fulfilling as being a service member is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I bet for you, just because you said you had kind of that long, that longstanding passion that you wanted to be a Marine. So it was like you kind of grow up saying, this is what I want to do. And then you do it. But then it's like, what's next? So I can see that you would have a very hard time finding something that would even come close to being as fulfilling for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for whatever reason, and and service members have a lot of reasons for, for exiting the military. Maybe they want stability in their family. 
you know, maybe they want to go and, and you know, work on a skill set that they have that they're really passionate about or they want to pursue education. And there's no wrong reason. You know, you serve your country honorably. You know, that's all that your country can ask of you. And I had a bunch of different reasons that I want to leave the Marine Corps, but it was particularly tough because I loved the Marine Corps. So for me, I had to find a job that justified leaving something that I loved. You know, I, I think I had a pretty successful career and I was, I was a sergeant in the Marines and I had Marines that I was mentoring and shaping. So there was a lot of fulfillment and purpose. So I wasn't willing to just take any job, you know, I wanted to find something that, that justified leaving something that I love so much. And, and that was pretty tough. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Well, you know, I reached out to our recruiters. So it was before I contacted you last week, I reached out to some of our recruiters and um, just asked them, hey, what are some success stories that I can share on the podcast? Because these are really my favorite podcasts to do. I really, I think as much as we can provide interview preparation and resume assistance and all these other things, um, those really are things too that you can just Google and you can find on our website. So while it's nice to hear them over a different medium or hear um, some different insight on it, from whoever might be the guest that day on the podcast, I think that the success stories really highlight what we can do best at Orion and also just show the success of you as the individual. So, of course, Orion is not finding you the job and doing everything for you. There's a lot that you are overcoming and doing on your own. And so I love sharing those stories. And um, Sam McRimmon, who is a recruiter in our office in Raleigh, she recommended you and she said um, Terry would be great to have on the podcast and he had such an interesting transition and a lot that he shared with me when I think she said that you stopped actually into the Raleigh office and met with a couple people down there and she just said that she thought you were so grateful to Orion and just had such a great story to share so I was really excited to get you on and I'm you know excited to hear some more about that and also share with our listeners. Yeah so I'll uh, I'll tell you a little bit more in depth, give you a little more context about my transition. So like I said, I was Marine Corps enlisted, did some ammunition warehousing. So I think I had a pretty decent resume that I that I thought would transfer really easily, you know, leadership, supply chain, warehousing. And I, I even pursued college while I was active duty at night. So I had an associate's degree. I went and did like Greenbelt and Lean Six Sigma. I had all this stuff on my resume that I was sure that would land me a job right away. And everybody tells you, you know, you're, you're a veteran, you know, companies want disciplined, dedicated, you know, hardworking individuals like veterans and they're just dying to hire you. And, and that's true. Companies do want veterans, but it's a little misleading that you're going to get out of the military and there's going to be job offers everywhere because for me, at least moving to the Raleigh triangle area, I got out of the Marine Corps May 18th, and I actually had like 61 days of terminal leave that I took at the end of my contract. So I was separated from the military, but I was still like collecting a paycheck for a couple months. And so I had that cushion to just really focus on job hunting. And I started a month before I separated. And I initially was kind of trying to do it on my own. I was applying to jobs online, and I had this bar for myself. I was saying, okay, you're going to school at night. You don't have much to do during the day during homework. So apply for five jobs a day that you actually want and like you've been productive for the day. So overall, over about three months of applying, I probably applied for about 200 jobs. Oh, I, of those two, yeah, yeah. Of those 200 jobs, I probably did about 10 or 15 
phone interviews or screenings, took about five in-person interviews. And then at the end of it all, like right as my time was up, as far as like being on terminal leave, I ended up having two job offers on the table at the same time. So that's two out of 200. And Mm -hmm. neither of those, neither of those two job offers came from me submitting an application. Um, Nothing Mm -hmm. led to a job offer from applying for jobs online. And here's how these two job offers came. Um, The one came from using Orion Talent, which I could go on and on about that. And the other came from, I was using a program called American Corporate Partners, where you sign up and they give you a mentor. And I had a mentor that was over the course of a year helping me prepare for my transition. And she had sent my resume to uh, a senior manager in the company that offered me an interview that led to a job offer. So I was really surprised. (laughs) And 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 what led to it. Well, and you know what you said about not really seeing any results from the applying online, because I think that that's the story that most veterans can tell. I mean, like you said, companies do want to hire veterans, and a lot of them are very vocal about their commitment to hiring veterans. Um, And so a lot of times it's not even that you're not getting the call back because you're a veteran, but there's a lot of questions as to what is the actual process for online applications? How often are they being looked at? Um, regardless of what your background is, if you have military background, if you don't, um, I think a lot of job seekers in general can relate to the fact that it really just seems like if you're applying online, especially through most of the job boards, um, you're most likely there's, you're not going to see anything from it. And it's a sad reality because it's like, well, then why is it even posted online? You can waste so much time doing it. Um, Like you mentioned your mentality behind it was, okay, if I apply for five a day and I'm sure with a lot of these applications, you were having to fill out a lot of information. It probably wasn't just upload your resume and apply. It was upload your resume and then fill out a hundred different fields that have every question that would have been answered if someone just looked on your resume. Oh, yeah. Custom uh, cover letters for each company that you're applying for and everything. I mean, it was quite labor intensive. Um, yeah, for sure. And I, I think a, it's discouraging, really, for most job seekers. Oh, yeah. And and so I have my theory. So, you know, applying for jobs just as a as a standard civilian. I mean, it's like I think the textbooks say like one in 10. You know, you apply mm-hmm. for 10 jobs, you get a call back for one. But I think it's even harder for veterans because there's so much that a veteran can't put on a resume that just it's really really hard to quantify and it's it's really hard to explain on one sheet of paper you know a manager at a at a company that's a civilian you know he's leading his employees seven to four eight to five whatever and he clocks out or goes home and spends his time with his family and stuff and he comes back to work the next day but when you're in the military and you're a leader that's that's a 24 7 job you know, if, if you've got a service member that's struggling with something, you make house calls, you go visit them. If you have mm-hmm. a service member that, you know, is struggling with their fitness, like you go run with them on the weekends. And that's the stuff that like you can't put on a resume. The the amount of devotion and dedication to duty that service members have that it doesn't go away when they leave the military. So mm-hmm. for them, like they have this incredible, you know, characteristic that you can't put in writing. And and you put that into your own self-value. So I think for veterans, if I were to do it all over again, I wouldn't even bother with applying online. I would really focus on like networking and working with a staffing company uh, 
like Orion talent who can talk to you and look at your performance evaluations and your military records and say, okay, this guy is really successful in what he did. I'm going to speak on his behalf to the company to give him that value that he deserves. And that's the same way with like having a network, like, like I did with American corporate partners, my mentor, Kylie, she would stop at no ends to make sure that my resume was, was out there. And she would vouch for me and say, this guy was an awesome military leader. You know, you need to give him a chance. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the way. So that's really cool. You mentioned mentorship and I'm always, that's a topic that I have long wanted to explore on the podcast because I feel like it is something that could really be invaluable for a job seeker. Can you talk a little bit more about your mentorship, like kind of how it got started and um, I guess really the overall value that it had for your job search? Oh man. Yeah. So again, if there's any veterans that are listening to this and haven't heard of American corporate partners, go look it up because it is such an incredible tool. And I signed up, like in October, almost, I think like maybe nine months before I was getting out of the Marine Corps. And, and so you fill this long application out about, you know, what your wants are, what your needs are professionally, what your experiences are, like where you're located, like what you want out of a mentor. And then they, they pair you with a mentor, either like in your industry or in your local area. And so my mentor uh, worked for Credit Suisse, a big bank, and she was in the Raleigh Triangle area. And it's a year long, obligation or a year-long pairing and so you spend you know at least one meeting every month but it ends up being one you know way more than that and she would help me review my resume she would send it to her manager she would help me write cover letters you know we would meet up at coffee shops and do interview prep when I was like looking into grad school she would connect me with her friends that had gone through similar programs she was a huge asset for me as far as just having somebody You know, it's not like a friend or a family member, like somebody that's a professional that truly wants to help you and will give you that undivided attention, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what she did with every step of the way Um, to the extent that she would send my resume to managers in her company that ended up bringing me in for an interview and and it led, you know, to a job offer. So it was huge, huge for me. Well, and that's really cool too, because that kind of speaks to the level of um, like dedication that you described that you have in the military. So I'm sure that was nice to um, feel like you had that support when you were transitioning out. Yeah, that was, that was huge. It would have been a much different experience had it not have been for that for me. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned um, a couple minutes ago that one of the job offers that you had came through Orion. So is that your current career or is that a different offer? Yeah, so that's my current career, um, which I am really excited to talk about, too. So, you know, I had always heard of Orion. Orion was a household name. And again, for anybody that's listening, this is me saying this. Orion did not ask me to talk about Orion, but I'm super passionate about it. And I'm really excited about how it worked. So I'd submitted my application online through Orion. And I even applied for some of the internal jobs for Orion and had done a couple phone interviews and was, you know, in the process of, you know, interviewing for the job at the other company. And Sam, who you mentioned, gave me a call. I was at a coffee shop doing homework. She called me and was like, hey, Terry, I've got a job that I think that you'd be well suited for it's, you know, like 20 minutes away. It's an operations supervisor role. I'm like, this is a salary. Like, do you want me to put you in for it? And she sent me the job title and I was like, Sam, there's no way I'm qualified for this. This, 
<laughs> this is like a operation supervisor job with U.S. Tobacco Cooperative, like a big company. And like, I'm just an old enlisted Marine with a little bit of education. They're not going to hire me. You know, I, I didn't think that like I would ever get hired for this job because of like the last several months of all these no's that I'd been receiving. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you know, she put me in and I did a couple phone interviews and um, she and Dave, the account executive, kept me in a loop of like, hey, you know, Terry, like they said you interviewed really well, like stay in there, you know, this is what's going on in the company and, and this is what they're looking for. They they coached me of what the company wanted so I could kind of tailor my interview to that a little bit, which was a huge asset. And they vouched for me. They said, you know, we've looked at his performance evaluations. This guy is a serious candidate, which I think elevated, you know, my chances at the company. And I interviewed, I went and saw the facility and, you know, I did have two awesome jobs on the table. One was a financial analyst job and this was a supervisor job. And I couldn't pass on the opportunity to stay in a leadership role. So I went with it. I now am an operations supervisor at U.S. Tobacco's distribution facility. And I am incredibly happy in my role. That's so cool. And, you know, I, the way you described it, and um, like you said, Orion's not making you say any of this stuff. And so, of course, I work at Orion. No. Um, so it's it's a little bit, it, it definitely means more coming from you. But the way I always view yeah. it and describe it, it's almost like you're, would, when you work with a recruiting company like Orion, it really helps you get your foot in the door. Like you said, you had them, you had Sam yeah. communicating with you and telling you, hey, you know, they really liked you. Here is what the next steps would look like. Here's what's going on within the company. And if you were just interviewing with a company, you would have no idea. I mean, they're not going to tell you oh, that. No. They don't owe you that information. Um, they've got other candidates they're considering. And so they're not going to tell you that. So I would think that that is one of the big benefits of working with a recruiting company is that you just you get some of the insider information that you would never be able to get on your own yeah I mean like I said it, it gives you the network that you otherwise wouldn't have you know it's it's mm-hmm. almost equivalent to having somebody in the company you know sending your resume and making a recommendation for you you have somebody that's on your side that's that's and even down to the level of, you know, translating your military record to the civilian that, that may not know it. You know, they're that that bridge of like, hey, you know, we've got veterans that are looking at his stuff or her stuff. And he or she has been incredibly successful. You know, we really hope you'll you'll give them a chance. And you, you can't account for that. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned earlier, most of the time a civilian employer isn't going to know how to read a military resume. So they might gloss over some sort of certification or training or something on your resume that, um, you know, the Orion account executive could point out and say, hey, that might not seem like a big deal to you, but here's what it really means. And that could be the difference that would set you apart from another candidate because it would show um, a variety of things. It could show your dedication, hard work, um, the level of skill or knowledge that you would bring to the table. And so it's things like that that might otherwise get looked over that they can help highlight. Yeah, and I would even, you know, just to further clarify, so my manager that did hire me is also a veteran. He's a retired Army officer. And so, you know, what I was struggling with, especially like with the logistics background was, you know, the systems that we use in the military are not what civilians use. So like the U.S. Tobacco uses like SAP for their warehousing operations and stuff. And that's a pretty mm-hmm. popular program in the field, which would be a disqualifying factor for a lot of companies. Now, he doesn't have experience with this. 
But luckily, yep. U.S. Tobacco, my manager said, we don't care. We can teach him that. He's a veteran. We can't teach him the leadership stuff that the Marine Corps taught him. You know. And that's what's so really that's, great about having yeah. a manager that's a veteran. I know that we always try to tell um, our employers that are interested in hiring veterans that it's always nice to have, even if the manager is not a veteran, it's always nice to include veterans on the interview panel or at least have them somewhat involved yeah. in the interview process so that they can, it's just another person to vouch for you, you know? Absolutely. Awesome. So you were hired as an operations supervisor, and I, I don't know, you may have already said this, Terry. How long have you been with U.S. Tobacco already? About six months. I started August 1st. Okay, very cool. So I assume in six months there's probably, you probably just, you know, gotten up to speed. There's probably not a lot of um, career progression yet, but are you hopeful for what that might look like in the future, or do you kind of know what the next steps would be? So I'm really optimistic about my future with U.S. Tobacco, but more so just on the note that the company culture and what I'm doing for the company is something that I'm really enjoying and I really love. And, and I would even say that I, I have progressed like in my own professional, you know, skill sets. I've, I've learned a system that I never used before. I've, I've really developed as a leader and as a supervisor, you know, leading a completely different group of people, people that are older than me, people that are not in the military, people that have way more experience doing what they're doing than I have to lead and supervise. So I've progressed a lot as an individual and as a leader, and I'm really happy with the company. They've really brought me in, and it's it's a big enough company that it's corporate, you know, and it, and it has a footprint globally, but it's small enough that everybody knows you by name. So I, they brought me in like family. There's some people in the company that really taken to me and mentored me and, and really helped me with the transition. So, yeah, I'm really optimistic about my future with U.S. Tobacco. I don't know what it holds, but um, really looking forward to seeing what the next few years have in store there. Yeah, so you mentioned um, just kind of what you've learned so far and how you've really, um, I guess, just really been kind of impressed with the, you know, the things that you've been able to pick up so far and you're really enjoying it. So is that kind of what's been the most rewarding thing about your career so far? Is there one thing that sticks out to you as being the most rewarding part about your civilian career? Or it could be military career if you want to answer that way, too. Well, there's so much that's rewarding about you know, starting a new chapter in life that's really scary and then finding out that it's not so scary, you know, and that you can handle it. So I've had a lot of rewards over the last, you know, almost year now from transitioning out of the military from a leadership position to the civilian sector into a, another leadership position that's completely different. Um, and I would say that, you know, my reward has been definitely like building a connection with the employees at our company. So as a leader, like that's the biggest thing that you want is to, you know, to get along with those that you're leading and to have them believe in you and trust in you and follow you. And that was a pretty daunting task to me to, to build relationships with people that don't know who I am, that have been doing this for years and then to lead them. So I like to think I've built a pretty good relationship with the guys that I'm leading and so far, everything's been going really well. I think we've been really productive. The guys have been really efficient. We all get along really well. And I'm pretty happy with, you know, how the transition has been from a military leadership role to a to a private sector role. 
Mm-hmm. And you're coming from the military where you've got this inherent sense of camaraderie and, you know, it's like you were talking about earlier, going above and beyond to help people out in the military. So it's almost, I'm sure when you're leaving the military, you're thinking, am I ever going to be able to find that again? And so it sounds like you have found that sense of, you know, you describe your coworkers like a family. It sounds like you have found that. Yeah. And so I'm sure that's very rewarding as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say, though, like for any veterans that are going to transition, it's harder to build a camaraderie, I think, a little bit in the private sector, at least when you're the one trying to instill it. Because when people join the military, like they all have that in common, like they want that military camaraderie. But for some people, you know, they're coming to work and it's a job. It's not a lifestyle Mm -hmm. like we preach in the military. So like you as a leader, like have to find out like how to motivate you know, your team and how to build that camaraderie. And, and, you know, when it comes as kind of naturally as it does in the military, it's, you know, it's a task. And um, I've worked through some, some things that worked and some things that didn't work, but, you know, I've been really enjoying the process of figuring out, you know, how to, you know, build camaraderie within the team. Yeah, and that's a good perspective to have on it because I think that's something that makes a great leader. So not a manager, but a leader, someone who knows how to motivate their team and understanding that it's going to be different from person to person. And um, so I I totally get what you mean by that. And I can see how it would be kind of harder to establish what it is that makes us all alike and what it is that makes us all work well together. It's probably harder to establish that outside of the military, but definitely possible. So it sounds like, you know, just from talking to you, Terry, it sounds like you learned so much in the military that's been invaluable to not only share with other job seekers, but in your current career. Is there anything that stands out to you about your time in service and how that helped to prepare you for a civilian career? I am really passionate about the tools that I've gained from the Marine Corps that have helped me be a better leader in the civilian sector. And it's it's tools that you use every day in life. So the one that stands out the most to me from what I gained from the military is, is breaking down walls. And the Marine Corps, especially in my in my experience, you know, is really good about crawl, walk, run. So when you go to boot camp, like the first hike you do is three miles and it hurts. You're like, oh my God, how am I ever going to do more than this? And then you do six miles and you're like, oh, that hurt, but that wasn't that bad. You know, and then you do nine and you're like, wow, I can do nine miles. And next thing you know, you're doing a 15 mile hike and you realize that, you know, it hurt all the way, but it didn't hurt any more than nine or six or three. You just have to persevere. And in the military, you kind of learn this sense of like breaking down barriers. Like there's this wall, I'm going to go over it, around it, under it, or through it if I have to, and I'm going to persevere. So you get this mental strength that you can do anything. And that mentality has helped me in the civilian sector of I can get out. I can learn this new job. They can throw me into it. I'll figure it out. I'll go to school at night. I'm going to make it work somehow, some way. And that is the mentality that I did not have before the military. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is such great advice for anybody because it's like what you mentioned earlier. Yeah. It's when you're getting out, it seems so daunting. But then again, if anyone thinks over the course of their life, what did you think you could never do? And then that you've done and what was holding you back? What were the steps in between that held you back? Well, it's action. So as long as you're taking action and you're moving forward and you're overcoming it, it's those things that you then look back on and they don't even seem like a big deal then once you did it, it's like, Oh, I, you know, I did that. So it's just, 
yeah, taking those steps, going it one day at a time. I really love that advice. Yeah, and then and then I would also add just the leadership. So again, I know this is the case across the board with all branches, but my experience was the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps puts a really, really heavy emphasis on leadership. I mean, to the smallest level from like privates leading privates in boot camp to, you know, on the battlefield, NCOs, staff NCOs leading their junior Marines. And one of the biggest things I learned in the Marine Corps about leadership was that there's not a one size fits all. You know, you have to tailor your, your leadership to the individual that's on the receiving end. You know, you might have one guy that needs to be sat down and talked to and coached. You might have one guy that does need that like stereotypical ferocious military leader. You know, there might be another guy that just needs you to show him, you know, he needs to be led by example and that you as the leader have to make the effort to find out, you know, those that you're leading, how they want to be led and how you can be most effective as a leader. And that's something that I don't think I would have gotten anywhere else and been able to practice for so many years that I now apply to my job at U.S. Tobacco. And I love that you give that example, and it seems like you really exemplify that. I mean, listening to you talk, it just seems like you really are someone who is a great leader, not only a manager, you know, you come and you tell people what to do. And I think that it actually is one of the misconceptions. And maybe you heard this when you were looking for a job, or maybe it's something that you've heard um, since you've been in your civilian career. But I think one of the misconceptions that some managers have about leaders coming from the military is that they only kind of like bark orders like it's almost like um you know like some of the movies i guess that you've seen like it's a very stereotypical um drill sergeant mentality i guess so i don't know if that's something you've ever come into contact with but i like that you're you're saying the exact opposite and you're saying something that um even a lot of people that don't have military background, they're not the type of leaders that find out um, what motivates everyone on their team. It's more just like a one size fits all approach. So um, with a lot of people coming out of the military and having a leadership background, I think you've given some really good advice here. Yeah. And just for the record, I would strongly dismiss that, um, that perception that military leaders are going to come into a workplace and, and, scream and yell and bark orders yeah <laughs> military is much more uh you know they really put a heavy emphasis on emotional intelligence on knowing your your subordinates knowing your team you know what's his wife's name what's her son's name you know mm-hmm. what are they going through right now because it's a really stressful environment and if all you do is bark orders and yell all the time you know you're not going to have cohesion and so mm-hmm. if there's employers out there that think that you know, military leaders are not emotionally intelligent and not able to adapt to their environment. That is, you know, that is really unfortunate because that's not the case. Yeah, exactly. And even as part of being a leader, I'm sure you know that the more you put into kind of understanding where each individual person from the team is coming from, at the end of the day, the more you're going to get out of that person. People like to work harder for people who they know appreciate their work and, you know, respect their time and things like that. So I I would say those two things kind of go hand in hand as well. Yeah, absolutely. So one advice, one question that I have for you, and I know you're not necessarily in a position yet where you're hiring people and bringing new people on board, but um, do you have any advice that you would give to a hiring manager who is considering hiring a veteran? Absolutely. So like we kind of recently spoke about 
you know, the things that you can't put on a resume as a veteran that give you incredible value. I would say if there's a hiring manager out there and you have a veteran's resume come across your desk, without doubt, without question, without even reading the resume, give them the interview. Give them the opportunity at least to tell you why they're going to be a good fit because they might come in there and tell you the things that I'm saying that I can't put on a resume that when I was in the military, you know, I would meet up with my guys at 5, 3 in the morning, mentoring them, working out with them. Then we go to work. Then we'd be professionals. Then we'd go to lunch together. Then we'd work. Then we'd, you know, hang out after work and have a beer and talk about life. You know, somebody might be able to come in there and tell you, you know, exactly what it is you're looking for, but couldn't put it on a resume. I think that's really good. And I, I really like that idea because I think, like you said, there are so many words that aren't necessarily immediately transferable. Like, for instance, say someone's a artillery officer in the Army, you might say, well, how in the world are they ever going to come in here and be a project manager or something, for instance? And there are so many of the intangible skills that you've talked about here and that we know military candidates have. And you just need to let them have the opportunity to get their foot in the door and explain really what some of the significance is of their military background and how it could be a good fit for your organization, even if they don't have those exact skills that you might be looking for. Absolutely. So, Terry, you've given a lot of really great advice, and I know that you've you've really given us a lot of words of wisdom here, but I wanted to see if before <laughs> we close this out, if there was any final thoughts, whether it's something, you know, just another thing that you wish you had known when you were transitioning or any thoughts of encouragement or advice, I wanted to give you, um, you know, a little bit of time to share that with our listeners before we end this podcast. Yeah, so I'll just kind of reiterate some of the things that I just really want to make sure are driven home. And, you know, one thing is network, like find a network, build a network. If you're going somewhere new, like use American Corporate Partners, use Orion, use a staffing company. Don't try to do it on your own. Two, I would say, is stay hungry for knowledge. Read the books. Read, you know, what colors your parachute um, look up articles about how to have a good, strong LinkedIn profile. Read books about how to build a resume. Read, ask questions, contact other veterans that have done it. Don't be afraid to reach out to somebody you don't know. So if there's a veteran in a company that you're aspiring to work for, message that guy on LinkedIn or, or, or girl and say, hey, I'm a fellow veteran. I really want to work at your company. You know, would you be willing to talk to me? Because I guarantee you they're going to be receptive to that. And then three, I know this sounds, you know, kind of corny and it's probably been said a lot, but if you're getting out of the military and, you know, you don't have a lot of terminal leave or, or vacation to use, have some money saved up and just, just know that you're not guaranteed a job. It's, it might not happen quick. It might take three or four months to find a job that you actually want. So be prepared for that. Awesome. Well, Terry, thank you so much again. I've, I've really enjoyed our conversation today. I think that a lot of people will benefit from listening to this. I think you've got a great perspective. And so thank you for sharing that with us. And again, thank you for not only sharing it with us, but for doing so on your day off. Well, Megan, I'm, I'm equally grateful for having the opportunity to tell my story and, and hopefully provide some advice that a veteran out there may benefit from. So thank you as well. Yes, definitely. And good luck in your career with U.S. Tobacco. And I hope that we hear from you soon and hear about all the great things that you're doing there. Absolutely. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.